You're listening to Bow Down to Us, the lore edition, a podcast devoted to story-driven games. Here's your host, Joe. So here we go. Ready? Ready. Cool. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Bow Down to Us Lore Edition, episode 64. Uh, with me, as always, is Roger and Vince. Boys, how are you doing today? Actually, pretty damn good. How about you? I'm doing fantastic. Vince? Yeah, of course you no, are. No titles this week. <laughs> no titles up. this week. No, That's because he's rushing, up. because tonight is freaking go to, where are you going at midnight for your copy of WoW? I will actually be going to Walmart on transit uh, for the midnight release. I'm actually handing out loot cards. So that's very <laughs> awesome. Yeah. I, so, however, may have to wait until freaking next week to play, depending on when Amazon decides to ship it out. Oh. It's showing for shipping that it's only going to be shipping out on the 10th with an estimated arrival date of like what the 17th or some damn thing. Well, I'll be sure to say hi to you at 85. I'll send you a bunch of screenshots right to your up. phone. How's yeah, that sound? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's not just uh, an interesting week because Cataclysm is coming out tonight uh, at midnight or tomorrow, Tuesday. If you're listening to this, it'll be Tuesday and out by now. Um, but we've also uh, got Vince playing uh, a little bit of Enslaved lately, which is uh, kind of intriguing to me. We talked about this a couple episodes ago. Uh, Vince was gushing about it then. So now that you've gotten your hands on it, what do you think about it? Yeah, uh, it, it's a game that really caught my interest when we, when we were talking about it. Uh, it seemed like a really cool thing to get my hands on. Not really certain if it was a $60 purchase, but hey, thank you, Amazon, for giving it to me for 25 bucks. So <laughs> I, I, I checked it out a little bit this weekend. Um, judging by the achievement screen, I'd say I'm maybe 25 to 30 percent through the actual game. But I'm really liking what I've seen so far. Um Get the negatives out of the way first. The combat is pretty simplistic. Uh, you, you have attack, 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 block. Not, not a whole lot going on there. But the combat really isn't the focus of the game. Uh, the focus of the game is on the, the platforming and the exploration of this great world they've created. It's so many worlds, when you say post-apocalyptic, the first thing that pops into your mind is brown. No. This world is beautiful to look at, at least thus far. Brown, um, really. Well, yeah. rust colored everywhere. I, yeah. I would say like ash or, you know, darkness. But OK, I mean, I guess poop color is the way it is. Fallout, brown, go with it. <laughs> <clears throat> this wonderful world they've created. <laughs> where it, for, for the it, record, it, I'm on Vince's side on this one too. Any post-apocalyptic apocalyptic game, it's all sepia tones. Everything's rusted out and things like that. It's really even in movies, that's what it is. Yeah, I just wanted to throw a monkey wrench in his uh his his little monologue there. Hey, I don't care. Rogers once got to edit it. <laughs> I'm not editing that crap on. He <laughs> <laughs> was alive. So in this world, the robots have essentially defeated the humans. Uh, the small amount of humans that are left are, are in seclusion and hiding. So they've gone with a world without humans sort of feel here where nature is reclaiming all the cities. Uh, you're going through New York. They, there's the actual Statue of Liberty. You cr your ship crashes into it. So you, you go through New York and it's all lush and vibrant and beautiful and green and wonderfully rendered. 
great detail. They've really gone through a lot of effort to craft an amazing world in this game. And they've populated it with at least two really awesome characters, uh, Monkey and Trip, as we talked about in the uh, the first time we were we spoke about this game they had they're they're great characters i mean i would put them at this point on par with the prince and farah from sands of time and drake and elena from uncharted the the interaction and the development even this early in the game between the two characters has me very interested into where their relationship is going to go over the next uh, 10 or 12 chapters wow how is it very linear or is there a lot of open space to do what you want uh, thus far, it's been pretty linear uh, as far as there's only one path through each level. However, there, there, there's a few little side paths to get some extra uh, upgrades and whatnot, you know, get some point more tech points to spend on, on upgrading your attacks. I mean, it's just like a little, OK, here's a room over here. But a, a lot of the time I'm sitting there having to figure out where that path is because it's all very organic in the environment and if certain objects weren't kind of sparkling with a big jump here sign it would be really hard to navigate through so it, while it is linear it doesn't feel that linear that's actually really good to hear i was kind of i was debating picking up the game myself um i saw it on sale at uh, gamestop it was like dirt cheap i was thinking about picking it up i haven't yet so i'll probably do that this weekend yeah at, at this point it has been worth more than the $25 I spent on it. Um, again, just because of the combat, I don't know if it's a full $60 game, but 30 bucks, maybe 40, no, no problems there. Roger. No, no, nothing. I, basically I was going to just say that. I think that if you find it on the cheap somewhere, you're probably going to, f to, to find that you have a hell of a, you got a hell of a bargain that it is a lot of fun for a cheaper game. It's just that I, I certainly wouldn't want to be paying full price for it. Well, completely understandable. Now, let's talk about a game that I don't think any of us are going to have any problem paying full price for. Yeah. Guild Wars 2. Roger, why don't you take this part away? Well, I, it's interesting because there there was a little lull there where we weren't getting a lot of information about Guild Like Wars two weeks, two. right? Yeah. I mean, and, <laughs> and for normal people, that wouldn't seem like a lot. But right now, between that, between Star Wars The Republic, which has also been in a little bit of a lull, we got a little information, but not too much. You know, there's been a ton of information for those big heavy hitters that we're going to see next year. Your Terra, your Guild Wars 2, your Star Wars The Republic. Like, we're getting a ton of information. So when there's a couple of weeks and you don't get information, you begin to wonder what's, what's going, going on. on. Yeah, come on. That's <laughs> not right. You, you, you can't start feeding us these little crumbs and then stop the breadcrumb and expect that we're going to find our way. We will not. So what we got here was not really, it's not a ton of information, but it's interesting because it does change the dynamics of combat in the game. If you played Guild Wars 1 and you're looking at what Guild Wars 2 is going to be, they are planning on introducing energy bars for you to use with your skills. That's a huge change because if you're looking at Guild Wars 1, you're looking at timers for your skills and, and things like that. And you're looking at um, you're looking at different bars in terms of what it is that you're going to be when you're going to be able to have enough to use certain abilities and all that. But not something like this, not this energy bar that they're talking about for for your skills. And they're talking about how it's going to affect combat and things like that to the point where they're planning it around how it's going to be used and how it's going to have an impact on even the potions that you're using during fights because they're 
apparently potions by the sound of it are going to play a fairly important part in the game. Now, when I'm when they're saying potions, I'm assuming they're going to be talking about high end stuff like what we're seeing in WoW with flasks and diff different things like that, which if you are raiding is actually important. So here you're going to have various potions that are going to be important in terms of your your any kind of combat that you're going to be doing. So the energy bar based on how much you're using for whatever spells and at what time you're using up your energy is then going to affect when you're going to have to use your potions or how many potions you're going to have to use. Like that's pretty micromanaging your freaking combat, which is a lot more than maybe some people were actually expecting. The, the, the most interesting part here uh, with the whole energy usage thing is how they're saying that your offensive skills are going to use far less energy than your defensive skills. So like they said, for example, if you can avoid the damage, you'll expend a little bit of energy, energy doing the dodge as opposed to a large amount of energy having to heal through the, yeah. the, the attack. So, I mean, imagine telling a rogue that's standing in the fire <laughs> that if he doesn't get if he doesn't get out of the fire, he's going to lose a thousand. DPS. I mean, that's essentially what, what this is looking like to me. And that seems like a really cool mechanic. I like it as a healer, um, as somebody who is constantly telling people to get out of the damn fire, uh, as, as somebody who's constantly watching the entire dynamic of a party and wondering where the hell, you know, my heals are best served to save one person and ultimately save the group. I like this. I like this change a lot. It's adding personal responsibility, and I kind of dig it. But the thing, too, to keep in mind with this game is that everybody's going to be responsible for their own health. Everybody, there's. Mm -hmm. They said there are going to be support roles. It's nice that they kind of touched on that a little bit more because I was beginning to wonder about that. However, it's still going to be your responsibility to be watching your own health bar. And that's huge because we've been conditioned in MMOs to feel like it's not your health bar is not your responsibility unless you're a healer you you can run an entire instance without ever looking once at your avatar to see what your health bar is up because it's not your job your job is to do as much dps as possible so here it's actually going to be your job and not just that but then like vince was saying which is something that i zoomed in on when they said that too how you play the game strategically not just sitting down sipping your freaking glass of wine while you're hitting one button in an instance not like i've done that or anything but here it's actually going to make a difference for like the dodging or anything like that wherein that will then have an impact on your dps which is what most people care about i've got nothing else on yeah. that one <laughs> <laughs> you got to work on some smoother transitions. When there's that quiet, that means just segue into the next topic. So let's segue into the next topic. <laughs> Insert segue here. Now, another game that uh, a lot of people that have been playing for a while now and is getting a little bit more attention is EverQuest 2. I'm going to talk about this just a little bit. Just, if nothing else, just because the contents of the interview were a little interesting. Uh, EverQuest 2 may be getting its own cataclysmic reboot soon. Uh, I find it kind of ironic because uh, president of Sony Online Entertainment basically says that they've been watching Blizzard very closely and seeing what they're doing with their own expansion and are pretty much looking to do something very similar. Uh, EverQuest 2, like EverQuest, is played by a ton of people. So there's a lot of people that really like it. So what kind of effect would them rebooting the entire world have? Now, with Cataclysm, it's going to be bringing players back into the game. Do you guys think that a reboot for EverQuest 2 would actually bring players back to the game? 
Depends on why they left. I mean, if they left to say play WoW, then it's not likely. But if they left because they were tired of the game and they're just looking for, you know, they've just been playing other games for now, I can easily see them going back. The thing with EverQuest that I found, and I played it for a little while as well, I found that the, the, the fans for EverQuest are really tend to be diehard EverQuest yes. fans. The, the, the fact is that, yes, WoW is massive in scope. And yes, damn near everybody at least knows a handful of people who play. But there are also still a lot of people who hate WoW. There are a lot of people who hate the idea of WoW as well. Now, I'm not going to say whether or not that's right or wrong, but it's there. So for those people, and they may very well be people who like EverQuest, then, yeah, doing a complete reboot is a good idea, is something that would draw them back in. The thing with watching WoW 2, I think that if you are developing an MMO or even an RPG or a fantasy game of any type, you'd be a fool not to look at WoW. That's like developing a freaking car, but not doing research on what the best cars are right now, what people are looking for, which ones perform the best, and then you know, using some of that. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. What's working now? And then make it work around whatever your IP is. So I think that looking at the success of WoW, looking at, I mean, Cataclysm's not even out, and we know, we know without a doubt that it's going to break all the records. Oh, yeah, okay? absolutely. Midnight tonight, all records are shot. It's, it's that simple. And the ramp up to it has been so unbelievable that we know that it's going to do very well. And it has gotten that much attention already and it's not even out yet. So you'd be a fool to be an MMO dev and not be looking at this and thinking we need to do something similar. We need to shake things up as much as possible and, if need be, hit that reset button, like they said, so that we can get some of our audience back. I think it's a fantastic idea. And the, the, the one comment here that really stood out to me is when he was talking about how, uh, you know, whenever a World of Warcraft expansion or anything comes out, they see a small dip in player base, but not the mass exodus that so many people expect. And like, like he said, EverQuest players don't play WoW. And like you said, there, there's so much almost animosity between the two communities. That, that's true, but a lot of people don't really realize that. Like the, the, the prevailing thought is that there's Warcraft and nothing else. But while we still have games like EverQuest 2, Final Fantasy XI, like we talked about on the, the games podcast. Hell, even Ion is still surviving out there. And even it's free to play right now. Circles. <laughs> uh, so so I, I think it is interesting to point out that, yeah, there there's still more than WoW in the MMO market that hasn't gone free to play and is still doing pretty well for itself. Now, moving on from EverQuest 2 and other games that are going to be doing well for themselves, let's talk to a game that I hope is going to be doing really well when it's released. Oh, dude. Back yes. to the future. Oh, now, man. <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but I saw this trailer and I'm sitting there giggling like a little boy <laughs> because I remember I, all those same feelings of watching the movie as a kid are coming back to me in this watching this trailer for the game. You know, the voice actor they got for Marty. Oh, dude! God damn, it's perfect. Michael J. Fox. It, it's, it's Michael J. Fox. It's, 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 it's oh, <laughs> everything about it just screams awesome. I mean, the the animation style they're using, the voice actors they're using, everything about it really seems like it's shaping up to be a fantastic game. Now, to me, this also is very cool because, like Ghostbusters, where the video game was essentially a continuation of the movie series, this gives us pretty much that awesome feeling of the movies as well for something we grew up with as a kid or younger I, case of Roger. Yeah, well, thank you very much. I, uh, <laughs> I, I can't wait for this. The, the, the thing is, is that 
I look back to the trilogy and like everybody else too, the second and especially the third were just, they weren't good movies. Okay. They're, they're, they're <laughs> great as being part of that trilogy of that time, but man, they were lacking in so many different ways. But that being said, whether it's that enough time has passed or that the fact that you're still seeing it as a trilogy of awesome and not just, you know, the individual movies, this takes place immediately after that last movie, and I could care less about how bad the third one is. I'm still so very excited to play this, but not just that. I can't wait. And and see, this is putting a lot of faith on them before it's even out. Part of it being because of who they are, but part of it just being... I don't know. I have faith in this game doing well. We, we we don't even know that much yet what's going to be happening. But my excitement isn't just about playing this first one that's coming out this month, but also playing the release that's coming out in February, March, April. And then we've got the finale after that. So like they've set it up so that it's going to be months of awesome, <laughs> not just one shot of a game that you play for 10 to 20 hours and then you're done kind of thing. I'm looking forward to every month there's going to be something cool that it's going to be like, oh, I can't wait for the next adventure. You know, I can't wait till, till I get into the next part of the story. Yeah, well, that, that, already... that's, Go ahead. Sorry, that, that's just a, that's a very, very aggressive release schedule. I was not expecting that. And now that they, they've shown it, that that's instead of, you know, sitting around and waiting like, oh, I'll, I'll play it when all of them come out. Well, there's no point in waiting around because they're all going to be out right away almost. So that's great. And, and just just to finish off my part here, this all boils down to two words for me. Huey Lewis. There's nothing <laughs> that gets you back in that, in that back to the future mindset and then some great 80s music. Very true. Very I, true I loved it. It's funny because, again, we've talked about it before, too. It's the same thing as the, you know, the Indiana Jones, the the the, the Star Wars to a lesser degree and all that. There's. There's a group of people that really that that the back to the future meant a lot in that time. I mean, to the point where I'm playing Gran Turismo 5 the other day and I look in the used shop and there's a freaking DeLorean there and I couldn't <laughs> afford the damn thing. And it was soul crushing. I wanted that car so bad. I mean, when the car came out in for burn uh, burnout paradise and it was the actual back to the future DeLorean that when it hit 88 <laughs> miles an hour, the flames came out. I paid for it so that I could have it. There's something about that series of movies that really does. It's not just in that time. You could watch it. We've watched it with the kids again. It still is. It still fits. And so that's why, again, they, when you're looking at how true they appear to be staying to the characters, it looks like it's going to be good as long as the scripts are solid, which judging from what Telltale has done in the past, it, it should be. And they seem like a perfect fit for that IP as well. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Now, talking about another IP that's been doing phenomenal recently, yeah. uh, we've gotten some more Assassin's Creed news. Um, recently, uh, Ubisoft has been uh, surveying players uh, online for the next Assassin's Creed game, Assassin's Creed 3. Um, they were basically looking to see what people thought should be added to the game. Literally, would you like to see blank in the sequel to Assassin's Creed Brotherhood? Right now, we have a list of about 15 things. I'm going to go ahead and read these off real quick to you because some of these are pretty interesting. An upgrade to the Assassin's Blade that increases the fluidity and speed of free running. 
An enhanced eagle vision, see the patrol passive guards, spot clues to complex navigation puzzles, detect when characters are characters are lying during interrogations, etc. An intuitive crafting tool that lets you create custom bombs from dozens of ingredients found throughout the game world. Tactical use of a variety of bombs suited to unique contexts and situation, i.e. smoke, poison, flash, explosive, etc. An additional objective where you and your assassin's guild fight against the Templars to gain control of a city district by district. Playing as a new assassin in a different historical time period. A continuation of Ezio's story as the leader of the assassins set outside of Italy. Deeper connectivity between all the Assassin's Creed projects uh, and action you make on like their new Facebook game or whatever will impact your game experience on the console. Something like that. Basically linking everything together. Another online cooperative mode. An offline cooperative mode, kind of important there. Uh, the ability of new, uh, the availability of new maps for the multiplayer, choice of additional multiplayer characters with new skill sets, playing new multiplayer modes, a deeper team-based multiplayer experience, basically guilds or squads that have common objectives, new tools, clan management, things like that, trying to turn it into uh, almost like a team fortress type game. Uh, and fifteen, a customization of the multiplayer experience, which is logos, avatars, uh, objects, team names, etc. Some very interesting ideas that they're asking people about and that are, they're getting re re replies back on. Um, what do you guys think? Well, first and foremost for me, number six, playing as a new assassin in a different historical time period. That that would pretty much be the the most important thing in Assassin's Creed 3 for me. Though I do have to give Ubisoft credit for recognizing that there's possibly a large part of the fan base that would rather see another Ezio game. So I, I do have to give them credit for you know asking. You know, seeing what the fans want, that, that's pretty cool. Um, the Eagle Vision one kind of jumped out at me, not so much for the, the the patrol paths and stuff, because that seems like it would be making the game almost too easy. But when they talked about interrogations and being able to tell if characters are lying, that opens up a whole new realm of possibilities for the game that really excites me. And then, of course, online co-op. Do oh, it. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I'm kind of interested about the offline co-op, too. I mean, how many how long has it been since we had a game where you could literally lug your Xbox over to somebody's house and play a LAN game? Well, it's not just that. I think that you need to um, keep in mind the, the the people like myself who game with their families or who have buddies who come over to their house who have um, profiles on their Xbox. I like my son's buddies all have a profile on our Xbox and they come over and they're happy when they get achievements for their profiles and, and they hope the hell I won't delete them one day. And I just tell them, don't piss me off then. <laughs> but, but so I think that that's very important because. Because it then is, it's that little nudge towards the people that are, yeah, we're gaming with our kids. Yeah, we're gaming with our buddies and things like that. So it would be fantastic to be able to do that. And that just goes back to, you know, giving Ubisoft credit for recognizing that that, that that is a part of their audience and just gauging how much of a part of their audience is and whether or not it's worth their development money. I think it's kind of cool that they did the survey. I What's really interesting for me is because, A, they've already talked about the next big release coming out next year. And what this makes me think is that they have done such a phenomenal job with their game engine that it's very easy for them to tweak it to do any of these things that they said. So basically, it's just a, hey, listen, as a fan service, we love you guys. We're prepared to give you more of what you want. 
we can add it into our game engine and put it into the next release that's coming out soon. <laughs> so what would you like to see? I think that's incredible. I think that's really, it, it shows a very strong development team, but it also shows then a company that's willing to take the opinions of their fans as well. And it's not like they're saying, you know, what would you like? Just say whatever. But it's like, here, what about these options that are all kind of cool that we can make happen? So it, it really says a lot about the company for sure. Now, the company's not just resting on their laurels with Assassin's Creed 3 here and just, you know, trying to poke at the community. They're also uh, attacking the mobile app front as well. Uh, Ubisoft is launching Uplay for the iPhone. Uh, basically, it's going to have it doesn't have all of the functionality currently as the, the Uplay Online, uh, but it will have access to stores, items, and achievements specific to the iPhone. Um, it's interesting here because it's something that uh, achievement whores are really going to fawn over because it's another source to get achievements for your Uplay profile. Um, I think it's a smart move on their part, and I think that it could lead to some very interesting things. I don't know if you guys played Assassin's Creed on the uh, on the iPhone when it was yeah. uh, when it was available. It was yeah, actually really fun. It was really entertaining. I, I enjoyed it, although I did find that the the movement was not as fluid. Fluid, yeah. That's what I was going to say. Fluid as I would have liked to have seen. There were parts where if 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 an iPhone or iPad game comes out where I get stuck in one section trying to navigate my character and it's a try, die, try, die, try, die. Once I've hit, you know, that five or six times, my patience is gone. I, I, I'm an adult now. You know what? I'll hand it to my kid and I'll say, here, you do this. And once he does it, then it's like, okay, thank you very much. And I'll keep going. Seriously. It's like I was, again, Grand, uh, Grand Turismo 5, one of those maps, I could not stand. I told my kid, I handed him the controller. I say, here, get me, or circuit, I should say, not maps. I say, here, give me first place. I'll give you five bucks. So, <laughs> and he did. <laughs> so to me, I don't have the patience. And unfortunately, that's what I found with those games. I'm hoping that unlike the the game engine that they have for the PC and the consoles, I'm hoping that they really work on improving this one because I would love to play more of the Assassin's Creed type games on my iPad. I would love it. Absolutely. And I think now that the technology is starting to really advance where like the iPhone 4 has so much so much RAM and, and, a, and a pretty powerful mobile processor and the iPad, the next generation of it's going to be coming out fairly soon with more RAM and a better processor. Things like this, uh, you know, like the UbiPlay application and possibly being able to deliver these type of mobile games uh, is a very smart move on their part. I think that it's it's going to be pretty awesome. Well, there's no reason they can't. All they have to do is look at games like Rage, look at the engine behind Epic Citadel. They can do something that handles really, really well and looks unbearably gorgeous. Oh, absolutely. I, well, I don't particularly care for, for the mobile gaming one. I don't have an eye anything. <laughs> I, 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 I still really like the concept of Uplay and... Like it, it's kind of hard to to explain because it's just some stupid thing Ubisoft has thrown in there, like trying to make themselves, you know, set apart from everything else. But it works, and it works in such a great way to give their fans a, a reward for playing their games. Like for example, I played Assassin's Creed Two on my Xbox 360. You know, I set up the little UPlay thing, whatever, because I unlocked something. I don't remember. But then when I played Assassin's Creed Brotherhood on my PS3. With the same Uplay account, I had enough points stored up that I was instantly able to unlock everything in Brotherhood that was Uplay. So 
again, I, I don't care about the Facebook games. I don't care about the, about the mobile games, but the actual concept of Uplay and, and how they're carrying over your rewards, not just from one game to the next, but from one platform to the next is a great move by Ubisoft. Well, moving on from that, uh, we're going to talk about a little bit of late breaking news here. Uh, For those of you that play World of Warcraft, we have just received notification of a blue post that is talking about changes to how players are going to be earning XP by killing creatures. Um, Basically, if you're out level an area or you out level uh, an, an entire expansion, you are going to receive considerably less XP from killing creatures of that level. Here's some examples. At level 60 or higher, players get 10% of normal experience for killing creatures in Azeroth or Old World content. Players 70 or higher get 10% of normal experience for killing Burning Crusade creatures. 80 or higher get 10% of normal experience for killing Lich King creatures. And level 85 or higher players get 10% of the normal experience for killing Cataclysm creatures. This is likely a move on their part to kind of curb people that do nothing but grind lower areas where they're very easy to kill um and i've known of you guys ever had this i've had uh alts that i've been leveling in current content that weren't able to get their quests done because higher level characters were grinding out xp by rounding up massive amounts of lower level mobs and burning them down um i think this is a smart move on their part and something yeah. that they're going to use mm-hmm. and one other very important thing to note about this is this will not this will not at all affect your quest experience. So if you have those quests banked and you want to turn them in before going on to the next area, you absolutely can do that. I think yeah, this I mean, is look, awesome, especially right now on the brink of Cataclysm. Exactly. This is awesome. That being said, I don't care. I'm on my new shaman. I'm going to stay in the old world for however long it takes to finish my quest path through, you know, those last couple zones. If I end up having to get 10% experience for an entire level to finish off my quests, I'm going to do that. You know what, dude? I I know we're closing out, and it's good, actually. We're closing on some wild news because I've been playing my dwarf paladin, and I just dinged 40 No kidding. I noticed. Today. Yeah. <laughs> it's slowpoke. Smartass. <laughs> I've been, what I've been finding is that the level that, the sorry, the experience that you're getting from questing is really been ramped up. So you no longer have to feel like you have to run dungeons in order to level fast. You can level just as quickly actually questing, which is great because if you're playing a class that can't get into a uh, a random as quickly as a tank, you don't have to feel like you're wasting your time. Go quest. You'll make just as much. And I did, dude, I did some quests in the Barrens on that Dwarf Paladin that were so epic that it, it... it was mind-blowing. I was just sitting there, and, and part of it is, again, because I've done it for so many years now. But going through there now and seeing... When I saw the destruction of Camp Tarajo, and you find out that they sacked it, and you find out all of that stuff that's going on, you're like, oh my god. And part of it is also because I've played so many hordes, and I like Camp Tarajo. I like the quest there. They're gone. So it really is... Uh, dude, I can't wait to do everything that's new right now. Yeah. See, and the, and the thing is, they've they've severely nerfed dungeon experience to make sure that players aren't just leveling through there, which is good because the hef- the, the, the basically the heavy lifting of the story, the heavy lifting of the lore, is all done through questing. So I think that's a very smart move. All awesome. Part. All <laughs> awesome. And all and those not, quests. Not to mention, they spent so much time and money into developing all the new content. They want to make sure everybody sees it. Well, and that's exactly what they said. Players that are hanging around those lower levels, they're missing out. 
they're absolutely missing out. Oh, yeah. So with that, I think we're going to wrap it up for the evening. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for showing up. Be sure to drop by bowdowntous.com. Join the forums. Let us know what you think about what's going on. If you download us from iTunes, please leave us a review. We like them. We like hearing what we're doing. Other than that, thank you all for coming out and enjoy the rest of your evening. He's a minute over. That's it. That's awesome. Yeah. Good. Good work. It's it's his own fault for derailing that whole enslaved thing. I had to, man. I absolutely had to. I couldn't let it not go. I could not let it go, like, untouched. I had to try. That's what she said. Yeah. After you got completely owned in the whole Castlevania thing, you you had to try. Whoa. Somebody's already got the little Deathwing pet. What the fuck is this shit? (laughs) (laughs) oh never mind he's in the french guild of course (laughs) french bastards damn french you french people what the hell's wrong with you yeah i I was distracted by the company of my girlfriend you can suck it yeah well she never mind (laughs) dude get me that freaking piece before you start well, duh. Oh. I'm not able to log in until after 3 a.m. So you got well, time. well, duh. He says this you is from the guy who said he was until you do your homework. He was hey. gonna get me this before the freaking weekend. Uh huh. Can you and get it to me before the seventh? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, you, you can't yeah. keep using that as an excuse. You said, hey, you said, you said before the seventh. It'll be in before the seventh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Eleven fifty nine is when it's gonna come in. All right, just make sure I can publish it tomorrow. Let's put it that way. Yeah, absolutely. It'll be ready to go for tomorrow. Tonight says I'm to lose a cell And find a how beach trees serene From extra tricks to techno beats, it's always